Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Dale Jarvis. Today we are getting ready for Christmas already, and we're going to be talking about uh, an interesting old tradition from the town of Heart's Delight, Islington. It's a Christmas carol that they've been singing for over 100 years, and we have some uh, practitioners, I guess, of the uh, tradition here in the office with me today. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good yeah. morning. Now, can, do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, we'll start with you. What do you, you want to tell us a little bit about, about who you are and where you grew up? Uh, my name is Stan Reed. I uh, grew up in Hearts Delight, Islington. Uh, my career took me outside of our town when uh, I was working, of course, and decided to retire back there and living there now with my wife, uh, Dorothy, and our two kids are in uh, not in Newfoundland Labrador, they're in Nova Scotia. So uh, we enjoy living in the outport uh, community of Hearts Delight Islington and taking part in everything that goes on, and, uh, and now this uh, heritage uh, committee has been formed and uh, we're uh, taking part in that both of us yeah and uh, trying to help out in any way we can great and mr suley um my name is howard suley and uh like stan i grew up in hearts delight islington and uh found my way back there didn't really go very far dale you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I i was just telling one of the students who helped escort us here across the pedway and all that kind of stuff, that uh, my MUN number begins with 64. 64, <laughs> yeah. So you were, yeah. you were here a while so, ago, yeah. Ni- yes, 1964, <laughs> and, uh, and then back and forth to university uh, doing uh, upgrades and uh, evening courses, summer courses, and uh, ended up with uh, three degrees and followed a uh, teaching career. Right. And... Uh, I taught for 30 years, uh, mostly in uh, Trinity Bay area in Greens Harbor. Uh, my first teaching assignment was a little place called Change Islands in oh, yes, yeah. Notre Dame Bay, and of course picked up a lot of experience there. I learned more there about uh, teaching and non-teaching. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, I had a very enjoyable career, and I I retired in 1995, and I tell people I'm still into education, and they'll say, oh, what capacity, administrator or something like that? No, I'm school bus driver, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, dearly, uh, dearly uh, love uh, the interaction with the kids still. Yeah, yeah. And you had a run this morning. Yes, I had a run this morning, <laughs> and uh, up to Crescent Collegiate, and uh, I have to be back there by uh, 2.30, have my bus in place for the afternoon. Right. Now, uh, we're going to be talking about the, the Heart's Content, um, or the Heart's Delight, sorry, uh, Islington uh, Christmas Carol. And we, we were out this summer and we recorded uh, uh, the, the, the carols. So we're just going to start off, we're going to play just a tiny little bit of that, just to give people a sense of, uh, this, a sense of what, the, what the carols sound like. Whenever you're ready. Okay, okay, Stan. Ah,
Okay, so that gives us a little sample there of uh, of the carols. So there are two carols, right? There are there are two, but you kind of sing them together. One one kind of flows one into the other. The other yeah. Right. There's, there's six verses to the first one and six verses to the second one. Right. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, how this tradition was acted out in the community when you were when you were young. How did, how did this tradition live? Well, when I grew up in the town, it was a tr- the tradition at Christmas time to sing the carols, and at that time, uh, it was usually uh, done on uh, on Christmas Eve, or uh, coming on Christmas morning. Uh, there was a lot of uh, church services that uh, were ongoing, starting around uh, 11, 11, 11.30, or what, 11 p.m. or 11.30. And by the time you get out of church, it was probably 12, 30, 1 o'clock. And then you go home and you wait for the caroler to come because they were prepared to do that. And uh, they uh, visit the houses. And the tradition was that they there were certain houses that they would always go to every year. And those people were expecting them. And uh, the, tradition, the tradition was that uh, when the carolers were coming... All the lights uh, were turned off in the house, and they sang the carols out in the in the porch area. And after the carols were were sang, were sung, uh, then they would come in uh, to the house and uh, and greet the people and Merry Christmas and some uh, refreshments were served. At that <laughs> yes, time. yeah. And I'll say refreshments. <laughs> but anyway, uh, basically, uh, that's the way uh, that, that I can remember, and and probably. Us being young and then lying in your bed and listening to uh, those uh, voices, and mostly, uh, well, actually, all male voices at that time. Yeah. But since then, now in later years, when uh, Howard and I got involved with it, uh, uh, we we have our la- the, the ladies uh, accompany us as well, right? Yeah, Howard, what's what's one of your earliest memories of of hearing the carol? Uh, probably um, maybe eight or nine years of age just a little kid and uh, can't wait for Santa Claus to come on a Christmas Eve and sometimes I'd even get mad with myself because I couldn't sleep right <laughs> and uh, over anxious and everything but then then you would hear a noise downstairs and uh, you probably thought well maybe Santa Claus I don't know but then we'd hear these voices and uh, and people sang sang the carols and got so used to that that um, you know some people even say well it's not like Christmas if we never heard the carols right. if we didn't hear 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 the carol song and Bud Davidge says in his uh, song don't seem like Christmas if the mummers are not here well the same thing holds true for other t- traditions like the caroling yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then after after I got up into the teen years and and so on, I got to understand it a little bit better, and then into adulthood, I got to participate. Had the privilege of participating and participating ever since. Yeah, spreading the the joy, is spreading the Christmas, because I remember my grandmother saying, "Well, I know." I, I and the way she used to say it, I know I never saw a narrow bit of Christmas this year. No, you know, and what do you mean by that, Nan? Well, it means I never heard the carols, and I never saw the jannies, yeah, or the mummers, yeah. yeah. 
yeah so it's it's a it's a cherished tradition uh, tradition and uh i i think we put a different slant on it with our own with our own singing we even went out with uh accordion accompaniment but um not in recent years right no no we stayed no. away from from the music because uh it was always done uh, just just voices, just a cappella. Yeah, yeah, yeah cappella. Who were some of the people that were really instrumental in keeping this tradition rolling throughout the years? When uh, Joe Crocker was a leader, like there's, there's three sections in Hearts Delight Islington. Yeah, there's the northeast side, and there's the southwest side, and then there's Islington. But the town was incorporated in 1972, so it's now Hearts Delight Islington. But there were there were three different groups at that time. Uh, Joe Crocker was led the carols on the north north uh, east side of the, of the harbour, and in the central and and uh, Islington area, there was a fellow by the name of Leander Peach, hmm. and he came to us. He married a, a girl from Hartsey Light Islington, and he came from uh, one of the islands in uh, Placentia Bay, F- Flat Island, Flat Islands in Placentia okay. Bay. Yep. I think it's called Port Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah or, or it was, and now it's resettled. But uh, he was a, v- a very good singer, uh, yeah. a-, a cappella. Like Howard said, there was, there was no music at that time. And then in later years, there was a, a, a gentleman by the name of Heber Crocker, and uh, with his family, they decided that they were going to go around as well and visit uh, different people. And Heber used to uh, take his accordion with him yeah. and accompany the singers. Now, Howard was more a part of that group than I was because I was away at that time. Yeah. Working and uh, but this, when I came back, uh, well, Uncle Joel was still involved somewhat, uh, but uh, of course he passed on. So we, Howard and I, sort of uh, took up the the slack type thing because uh, it seemed like it wasn't being carried on. Yeah. yeah. So we got some people involved, and instead of going around on on Christmas Eve, first of all, when we started, we used to do uh, go around on Christmas night. Yeah, and uh, we used to start around six o'clock, and there was probably thirty-five or forty people that we had to do. We just couldn't do it in one night. We had to do t- two nights. Mm. So, uh, and we had Howard always have his family in on Christmas night for supper, and we go there first to get. Uh, they were just cleaning up for supper, and all the family around. We had to leave and and go sing the carol. <laughs> We've done that many, many times. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I can recall. Uh, you know, Uncle Joe and uh, and uh, Heber and uh, Leander, especially. I, I spent a lot of time with Leander going around. But most of that singing was done uh, after 12 o'clock on on, uh, on Christmas Eve, going into Christmas morning. Yeah. Lots of those, lots of times those people never got home. Uh, they might have got home dinner time on Christmas Day for dinner. Yeah. Uh, I've been, I was on the northeast side with Leander lots of times, 6 o'clock in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> And you said I got to go home and wait for Santa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he still believed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what do we know about the the history of the tradition? How long has it been practiced in the community? You you already uh, you already said um, more than a hundred years. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the best I think that we can we can offer or pinpoint now. It's uh, sure it's more than than a hundred years and. Uh, we think it originated uh, somewhere in uh, maybe West Country, uh, England, and it, it came over with uh, with with people who uh, who came to settle here and seek out the new new land, of course. And we're not sure if it was 
uh, well, there, there was the Irish, English, and Scottish settlement from that part of Europe, if you want to want to call it that. And uh, with it, with it came a lot of their music and and rich culture and heritage, language, and the whole bit. And mixed in amongst all that, somebody must have said, "Oh, you know what? There are carols that we should be singing now." Mm-hmm. And when they did. Uh, m- maybe maybe they weren't written down, and sometimes in the translation, a word or two might be changed. So we're not a hundred percent sure yeah. if what we're singing are the original verses. But I think we're pretty close. Pretty to close. It. Yeah. Yeah. And and this was a tradition that at one point existed uh, along that shore. Like there were other communities that yes. used to sing the carol. Is that that's Cavendish? Right? Cavendish is just up from us, like. Uh, seven or eight kilometers and then Greens Harbor is about uh, 20 uh, 18 or 20 kilometers from us and yes uh, they uh, they carry on the tradition and uh, and so does Cavendish does and so does Greens Harbor and we have uh, my my brother-in-law used to go around in Cavendish and he he married uh, my sister Daff and and uh, he's uh, when he when he comes around with us to sing the carols, every now and then he'll he'll say a, a line or two that's, that's a little... re- really not in ours. Yeah, same tune and everything, but the words are are a little bit little bit different. And and that's that's often in the in the translation, the passing on of one one um, you know from one community to to the next. Or from one country to the next, or whatever. Sure. So, same way with misspelling um, a name, or yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah. And uh, it is really in Hearts Delight Islington where the tradition has has continued. Like those yeah. other communities, it's kind of faded a bit. It isn't practiced in quite the same way. Not. N- no. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and this is a tradition that seems to have kind of risen and fallen, and then yeah. risen again. Uh, uh, the reason we're here today is because you now have a heritage committee uh, in yeah. in the community, and the Christmas Carol is one of the things that you've decided that you wanted to to focus on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, that, and that's that's, that's going to be a whole new focus uh, on that. And I'm sure out of that is going to come, um, you know, uh, probably a recording, and and that's going to be a way of preserving this. Yeah both in video and in audio and that kind of thing. But uh, i just go back to Greens Harbor in uh, probably 72, 73. And uh, a fellow by the name of Gord Cox from England, he and his wife came over and they, they taught in our school system in Trinity Bay. Gord, Gord was a music teacher in Whitburn and Sheila was a music teacher with us in Ridgewood Junior High there in Greens Harbor. And for his uh, thesis, Gord got interested through Henry Crocker, a local man in Greens Harbor who's still living. And uh, he, he, he did his thesis on, on the tra- traditional Christmas carols. And he came down our way, and he, he got information from Leander, mm-hmm. and he got some information from me. And... Uh, when he finished his thesis here at Mon, he uh, he presented me with a copy, and he presented uh, Leander with a copy, 
and people that uh, that helped him out, right? So, and that's in the archives here somewhere, I guess. Uh, Gord Cox is his name. I don't know what he he he, he specifically titled his his dissertation, but yeah. you know. And there's a few records in the the Mun Folklore and Language Archive uh, as well. I think you were a student at one point in yes. the folklore department and yes, I was. wrote a paper on the tradition, which is still there in the archives. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, now, we were saying about how originally it was always men, and now it has opened up a bit. We, we yeah. have women that participate. I, when we were out earlier this year and doing interviews, um, I can't remember exactly who said it, but one of the women that we interviewed said, you know, Christmas was for men and children. <laughs> yeah. It's probably Stella Bishop, I think. And, and that, you know, the women always got stuck with the work. They yeah, always had to, Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> they always had to stay home and do all the cooking and, yeah. and cleaning up. And because the men would be very uh, busy, because it wasn't just the Christmas carol. There would, then on Christmas Day, yeah. there was also the, there was a parade. Was, yeah. was it on? Was that on Christmas Day, the, the, the no, SUF? No. or? No, the parades were, uh, there was two uh, fraternal organizations, the Lyle Orange Lodge yep. and Society of United Fishmen. The Orange uh, Orangemen used to parade on the 26th of December, uh, St. George's Day, Yep. and the SUF used to parade on the 1st of January. Okay, yeah. Uh, New, uh, New Year's Day, right? Yeah. And that was a tradition, because I took part in those. I was part of the brass band in the Lyle Orange Lodge and the SUF. So I'm quite familiar with what went on and and uh, uh, with with those with that process, because uh, you know first of all in the morning it was uh, a church service at ten o'clock, and then you go to church and the band played and then it was a parade. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, you leave the hall and then you go to the northeast side. Then would you go come back to the church either United Church or the Anglican Church? It was alternated every every year. Right. And uh, then after church, church was over around. By the time you got to the northeast side and back, it's probably 11 o'clock. Then 11 to 12 was church. And 12 o'clock, then you, you paraded around the rest of the harbor. You're down the southwest side and Islington and back to the hall. And uh, you come back to the hall, of course, and then uh, the band members from other communities probably were invited out for dinner. And, and after dinner, they were preparing for the big social at night. But uh, that was the, the, the arrangement uh, process. Now, the SUF is a little different. They, but they still had the church service and the parade and so on. But after dinner on the, on the, uh, with the SUF people, uh, Uncle Joe Crocker, he was the, the bandmaster and the leader of the carols. Well, around 2 o'clock after dinner, they used to go to the northeast side and sing the carols, working their way back to the hall. And you probably never got back to the hall until 8 o'clock because you're spending all evening going around and having little toddies in this place and that place. <laughs> and you're supposed to play back on the rise, they call it, on the rise at 8 o'clock for the band to play for an hour or so. Yeah. So that was that was the tradition, both in the Orange Lodge and the SUF Lodge. Right? Yeah. yeah. So Christmas really wasn't just one day. It, oh, it really jeepers. stretched out it was over 12, those, 12 those days. 12 days, yeah. With, with the jannying and everything else. Yeah. 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 I'd just like to get back to what Howard said a few minutes ago. Uh, the music and so on. Yep. It, it actually, I have a copy of, writ, of written music for the Hearts Delight uh, Islington Carols. Well, the one that came over from uh, from England, right? But it's written. It was given. To, it, it was given to Canon Sterling, who was a rector of St Mary's Church here in St John's. Uh, it was given to Roland Whitten, and Roland Whitten was an organist at yeah. St Mary's, and that was his old St Mary's on the 
on the uh, south side. On the south side, yeah. Right? And I got a copy of that home, actually. And it, it is actually written music and to the same tune that we sing it to. Now, we don't use music to sing it, uh, uh, music with, uh, with music, you know, it's a cappella. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, but the, the music is there. And it used to be, we call a virgin most pure. And some music is, uh, the title is A Virgin Unspotted. Right. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's basically the same, you know, to, but uh, a virgin, we say a virgin yeah. most pure. But there is music to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, what will happen this year? Is there a, is there a plan yet for when, when you're going to go out? Uh, we haven't decided yet <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many things on the go. Uh, we well, we have the heritage things on the go, and then we have the Christmas socials on the go, and the seniors parties on the go, and the Santa Claus parade on the go, yeah. and and practicing for uh, uh, our fifty plus club is doing our coffee house on the 13th. So we got to set a date of what we're going to do, uh, what time we're going to go this year, right? We've yeah. uh, Lately, we've been targeting the uh, Sunday prior to Christmas. Right. Yeah. And this year, it will be the 22nd. 22nd. My birthday. Yeah. And well, I don't know now if Stan's going to be in I'm, We're Nova leaving Scotia. to go to Nova Scotia on the 17th, actually, so... But if I'm not here, I'm like sure everything is still going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and you're going to be coming in uh, to St. John's uh, to the rooms. There's, yes. Uh, and, and having a chat at the rooms as part of their uh, the Mummers Festival. Yes. And talking about the tradition and showing some of the photographs that we collected when we, we had a scanning event earlier this year. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. It's going to be a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, there's a whole busload. Yeah. Are you driving the bus? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're looking. We're looking forward to that. Then. But we don't know how many are coming yet. We haven't. We haven't really got out into the community to to ask. But I'd I'd like to see first of all the ones that have been going around over the last twenty years. Say. Yes. Yeah. You know, not not putting a cut off. Yeah. And I got a it. list of those people because I keep a list every year. Yeah. Who of who was there? Because. After after we sing the carols, we usually gather in someone's house, or last year we we, we uh, used a town hall and have a meal together and and uh, have some fellowship and fun together after. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one point I'd like to make too, Dale, if if I could. Uh, we're we're getting older. <laughs> we like to see young people join us as well. We have one young person, and it's Howard's uh, grandson actually, uh, Ryan, Ryan Snellgrove. And Ryan is very, very interested in this. He, in yeah. fact, he approached me at the uh, at our uh, Armist, uh, the uh, Memorial Day service on the 11th of November, and he said, uh, I, "I hear that you're moving to uh, Nova Scotia." And I said, "No, we're not moving, but we're going to spend probably more time there." He said, "I would like, I would like if you do that." He said, "I would like to take the lead in the, the carols." I said, Ryan, that is perfect. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't mentioned yeah. this to Howard. No, I said that is perfect, Ryan. He said, I really like doing that. Yeah. And I said, well, that's great. And if you could encourage some of your your people your age to get involved as well, because I mean, we're not going to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, we try to carry on the, the tradition yeah. as we knew it, and we like to see some of the younger people carry on the tra- traditions that we're doing now. I think that's really important. You know, yeah, like very there, need, there needs to be another generation yeah. to kind of keep these things rolling. But he's he's yeah. a very very sensible young man, and he, and that's what he said to me. 
he said, "I'd like to, uh, I'd like to take on that." He said, no, yeah. and, and and take a lead on that." <laughs> I said, "Perfect." <laughs> yeah, he's doing a church service this Sunday. He yeah. he and and his dad. Yeah, yeah, and at our church. Yeah, yeah, and, which is all good stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we were talking about, uh, you know, that tradition of going door to door. And, and there would be a bit of refreshment, as you said. The, the, the men might have a little bit of a tipple as they went along. Oh, yeah. But one of the things that I that stood out for me when, when I was out earlier this year when we were doing our oral history interviews on the tradition is, is that e- even though people may have had a drink along the way, yeah. people were very respectful yes. of the tradition. Yes. They were very reverential. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, you wanna, do you have a thought on that? Well, uh, yes, because uh, you know our our communities and our societies that Stan just mentioned, the fraternal societies and that kind of thing, they're all based on Christian principles, and because of the, the blessed time of year, the Christmas season, people thought that if you were going to sing a hymn, because that's what it, they liken it to. Him, uh, it should be done with reverence and with respect and with dignity and pride and everything that goes with it. And that has that has emerged. That will always emerge, I think. Yeah. You know, as long as we, uh, uh, as long as we sing them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and removing their hats, of course. Yes, I was just going to mention that. And the leader. No smoking and no. No smoking and no drinking during that. And the leader was very cognizant of that because they used to say, "Okay, now boys, we're Always. starting the girls. Remove yeah. your hat or your your headwear. And yeah. No smoking, no drinking. But this is a solemn time. And, yeah. And and, and and they respected that. Yes. You know. Yeah. And uh, the other thing was. Uh, getting back to our uh, our uh, visit to the rooms and singing the carols, they wondered, you know, what uh, what would be the attire, what would be the dress, you know. And I said, well, if we're if we're going to make it as authentic as possible with the singing and everything else, you know, um, I I didn't really uh, I couldn't remember fellows coming in with with shirts and ties and stuff like that but at a recent picture yes a recent picture of black and white a uh, bunch of guys who were getting ready it, it was in daylight but they they were getting ready then to go caroling i yes. think the fellows had on top coats and hats yep. and yes. and ties yeah yep. yeah well i look forward to seeing what you uh <laughs> what you wear to the rooms then huh? but, yeah so uh, and when we go out uh we're we're liable to wear uh, a Christmas hat of some kind, a, yeah. a stocking a stocking cap, a Santa hat or something, yeah. you know. And um, but we often uh, uh, I, I know I I never used to go and and dress up with shirt and tie on or anything like that, you know. But some sometimes I did. Yes, yeah. happened to have it on that yeah. day because yeah. it was Sunday. Right, yeah. but uh, just uh, a point there. Uh, they looked at the people look forward to dressing uh, and Christmas Eve. All their chores was done on Christmas Eve. Yes, r- around lunchtime because they had to shave and shower or whatever and clean up and put their half decent clothes on and because they were getting ready for that that uh, event on Christmas Eve. Yeah, you know, and 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 probably some of them visited their friends in the afternoon. 
just to, to uh, have a little chat about what and and then when the time came they went as a group you know. yeah well, uh, this has been fabulous. Thank you for coming in and, and sharing your, your memories and your knowledge about the tradition. Uh, if people want more information about the Hearts Delight Islington Carol, uh, there, is a, there is a Facebook group for the Heritage Committee, so that's probably the easiest place for people yes. to look. And yeah, that event is coming up. And if you want to come to the rooms, uh, you can go to either the rooms website or the Mummers Festival website and all the information will be there. And we'll probably have something on the Hearts Delight Islington uh, Facebook page as well. So thank you, gentlemen. And even though it's still fairly early, I'll, I'll wish you a Merry Christmas. Same to you, Dale. Thank thanks. you. Same to you, Dale. Thanks for the opportunity Dale. to do this. For, yes. Yeah. It's a delight. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.